Welcome to Sports and Songs Podcast, Season 2, Episode 49. Today is November 6th, 2021. We are your hosts, Dan and Andy. Andy, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? Good. You know, we've got baseball wrapping up, winter sports cranking up. Yep. And next week will be our episode, season premiere of Season 3. Yes. Yes, we'll very exciting time. A greatest hits from season two and put that out in time for the Christmas shopping holidays. Right. Right. Volume volume two. Yes. But this is our final episode for season two. We kick into season three next time. Uh, we got lots to talk about music, sports, concerts, your soapbox, my trivia question, yep. all sorts of goodies. Yeah. Well, let's start with uh, first of all, a little disclaimer not doing high school sports on the YouTube version today. A lot of games still be played Saturday, so I'll plug that in as an audio only on the audio part for Sunday morning. It'll be one of the first segments, so you can hear that and be set from there. Perfect. But now that we got business out of the way, trivia question. Trivia question for today relates to the NFL. I wore my NFL cap today. Even though the Reds, uh, Washington Red, uh, Washington football team is 2-6 and six going into the bye week, not doing that well, but uh, decided to, to promote them with the cap this week. Still a fun team to watch, though. The, yes, the NFL, and I didn't know this. Maybe you might, or maybe the listeners might, but they have such a thing called scoregami. Scoregami. <clears throat> it's a group of statistical fans, I guess, that track the history of NFL football game score results. From the beginning of the NFL, and scoregami is a is a combination of scores, a final score that has never been done before in the NFL. This season, how many games have ended in a scoregami this year through Week Eight? Scoregami, which means that score, that final score, com- not the combination, not the not the uh, the sum of the two scores, but for instance, if a team wins 21 to 14, has that ever been done before? Yes, it's one of the most common scores. But this year in the NFL season, there's been three times, three games that ended in a scoregami, meaning wow. that final score result had never been accomplished in the NFL. One of them was Thursday night's game. That's why I'm doing this. Thursday night's okay. game ended in a scoregami. Um, and so the question is how many times this season has that happened? It's not a lot. But, Suppose the uh, two-point conversions that happens more often down the last. Well, now season. you're getting more of that because they go for two points and they make them. Or they'll go for two points and they don't make them. And so there's different scores out there. A lot of them include safeties and things like that. But uh, the question is, how many times okay. has that happened in the 2021 season? I see. I do not have an answer for that, sir. But as you can see, before we get to that, we'll jump into our fun stuff here. Normally, gonna kick it right off with the soapbox. This is a burr I got to get out of my side. So we're moving this up. Soapbox to lead the event. Yes, lead the episode. Oh, I like it. It's end season two on a bang. End season two on a bang. Wow, the end of season season two. All right, go for it. There it is. Aaron Rodgers, I guess, has the flu. I mean, COVID nineteen. And he said in a press conference earlier in the year 
he'd been inoculated. Never said vaccinated. He used the word inoculated. Okay. Um, he's kind of in a, I don't want to say herbal medicine, but he's claiming he's allergic to the vaccine and all these other things. And now he's got it. And they're all going, but wait, according to NFL things, if you're listed as unvaccinated, you're supposed to wear a mask on the sidelines and a mask when you shake hands afterwards and a mask when you go to the bathroom and everything else. Well, he doesn't do that. Um, and now, according to the friends at ESPN, they want to have Aaron Rodgers hung in Times Square for God and everybody to see. And just because he claimed he got the jab and never did. And how dare he go around possibly infecting other people and this and that. Um, let's see. I'm not going to name names of players, but you all know who they are. How many NFL players have beat their wife or girlfriend and they're allowed back in after three weeks? That's a crime. DWI, they're suspended for a little bit. Drugs, Antonio Brown, are suspended for a little bit and allowed back in. Adrian Peterson beats his kid with a stick and he's allowed back in. That's okay. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want the jab and they want to treat him like a criminal. That's wrong. He took a lifestyle choice and didn't want to. If anything, I'd find Aaron Rodgers for that stupid man bun he wears. That's it. <laughs> that should be a fine right there. Check your man card. Done. But for not getting the jab, big deal. Big deal. I've always kind of respected Aaron Rodgers as a player. Never really liked or hated him, but his commercials are funny. He did Jeopardy, whatever. No big deal. Tons of respect for Aaron Rodgers. And yes, I know he doesn't wear number 19. It's a joke, folks. Get the picture there, see. But that would be a cool jersey to get right there. Rogers 19 for a Packer jersey. So, uh, so Andy, if I'm hearing this correctly, what you're saying is uh, players in the NFL that have actually been committed uh, or convicted of a crime, actually yep. crime, a criminal crime, have uh, served their time, their suspension or whatever, yep. and they've been able to come back. Aaron Rodgers, yep. who has not, as far as I know, committed any crime. Nope. Even if you're just convicted, or not convicted, but even accused, Ray Lewis, accused of murder, found innocent, but he's still brought back, and the media made him a darling and a superstar. Oh, we love Ray Lewis, even though he was there when someone else got murdered, and he was, in my opinion, guilty, but got off. Wow, but he's a hero. Adrian Peterson admittedly beats his kid with a stick or a switch, but that's okay. He's Adrian Peterson. Hold on back in. I thought the media loved Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't get the jab. Shows you how important the jab is rated among uh, media people. They don't well, care who you are. They're ready to lynch the guy, it sounds yep. like. Well, look at the beginning of the year. That's why the Patriots let Cam Newton go. The oh. media loved Cam Newton. He could do no wrong. Half the guys in ESPN thought Cam was the greatest thing since sliced bread. You don't hear his name anymore. You know, so now so. He's, he's treated like a pariah now. And what's his name? Quarterback for, uh, for Houston. Deshaun Watson he's not convicted yet, still committed of a whole bunch of rotten things. Because he's not convicted yet, the NFL is still paying him his millions of dollars. They want to find Aaron Rodgers for not wearing a stinking mask. So priorities need to be arranged in the NFL here, I think. Um, there. I'm off the soapbox, got that done with. All Elite Wrestling. Um Breaking news the other day, WWE let like 18 more guys go, uh, wrestlers, male and female, a bunch of staff. Um, some of them are still coming out with their replies, how they're going to do either way. I only see maybe a couple joining AEW, but we'll see how the things come out. But big news on AEW is John Moxley. 
I used to be Dean Ambrose in WWE a couple years ago. One of the big wigs at AEW. Uh, this Wednesday, he was supposed to be in a big match, but didn't. And this is not a storyline. This is real. John Moxley checked himself into inpatient for alcohol. Um, so lots of respect for Moxley for doing that. Um, what athlete mid-season, I mean, wrestling goes all year, but what athlete mid-season says, no, issue, got to check myself in. So tons of respect for Moxley on that. Um, hope he gets better. Hope other guys see the light. If they need help, they go get it. Because even someone who was high on the horse, who was supposed to get a big title push and everything else said, nope, this is more important. Um, maybe the fact he, him and his wife had a baby recently, things like that helped open his eyes. I don't know. Maybe but he has said something. I don't know the full story. And you know what? I don't want to know the story. The only story I want to know is he's getting help and that's great. So kudos to Mox for that. Also wrestling news, um, Fondango, who you, now goes by Dirty Dango because he can't use that name for WWE reasons. Um, very good wrestler, wrestled Tyler Breeze when he was in WWE. He's 38 years old right now and he's doing the independence. And it said if no one signs him by 40, he'll retire. But you look at the guy, he's in great shape. He can still do a couple years here and there. Um, the two big independents, AEW and Impact, have not reached out to him yet. Um, and if they have, he's just kind of blown it off because it's nothing he was interested in. I think he'd be a great backstage guy later on to help out with for training and working with guys or maybe coming for a couple years and get a push. I'd like to see Dango back in. I don't know if you go by Dirty Dango if you want one of these two or find another name. Very good talent, unfortunately, sitting there. It's like 18 guys were released. I'd still pick him over almost all of those 18 on that list. NASCAR, tomorrow's the championship. Um, I did a preview this week on Instagram, uh, the review of Martinsville and preview of the championship race. You can get that on our Instagram at Sports and Songs. And there's the hack T-shirt. Um, we'll see the, the bit I did on Instagram, the video, and you'll see what I mean by the hack shirt. 40 years today. Big 10. Let's go through some Big 10 college stuff. Start with go for football. There they are in the West, leading at 4-1. and one. Um, We got Illinois today, or yesterday if you're listening to this tomorrow on the audio part. Uh, the, they got Illinois at Iowa, at Indiana, and Wisconsin. They need to win three of those four games. Um, period. You look at the standings. Iowa and Wisconsin, they only got a game lead on them. They're tied with Iowa for overall record. So really the Iowa game they need to win, that's the big one. They need to, First of all, they need to beat Illinois and Indiana. They need those two games. Because um, that Bowling Green loss is biting them in the rear end hard. If they had won yes. that game, they'd be sitting great. Uh, the Bowl Lions think they were ranked 20th in that. I guarantee if they'd beat Bowling Green, they'd be knocking on the top 10 door. But uh, they beat Iowa and or Wisconsin. They won't be in the Bowl Championship Series, God no, but they'll get a lot of respect, especially since PJ signed another, what, seven-year deal extension. Um, we're going to be a nice contending team. It'll be nice to see some other good talents come here. Well, the interesting thing there is <clears throat> Iowa is in Iowa City, and yep. there's a long history of the Gophers not doing well recently there for many years. <clears throat> right. So if they can win that game, that's not only going to win and help them in the standings, but that's going to really push momentum to that Wisconsin game, which is at home. Right. And here's a great thing. You see the respect for the Gophers. You look at the schedule there. This is as of even this morning. Their last three games of the year, they don't have a time for them yet. So that means network TV is fighting to see when they want that game on. So Correct. that's good. 
That'll be hey, you're the be noon fun. game, whatever you're the Gophers. We've always been that. Even the Indiana game, they don't have a time yet because network games, we never know. So yeah, but you're right. Yeah, they, you gotta you gotta beat Illinois and Indiana regardless. <clears throat> a loss right. in any one of those scenarios is is gonna create the whole moot. It's gonna be a moot point if they lose those two yeah. games. Even if you beat Iowa and Wisconsin, it, it's mute. You need to beat Illinois and Indiana and at least split Iowa Wisconsin. At yep. least. Go for hockey. Um, boys lost last night in overtime to Bucky Badger. Uh, and then they got again tonight at Wisconsin. And then they got Ohio State next weekend. And the gals, gal hockey, off this weekend, RTI. Andy, what's RTI, you ask? No, RIT. RIT, I'm sorry. RIT. Yep. It's Rochester Institute of Technology. Uh, it's a private research university. Just out there in New York, metropolitan area, the university offers undergraduate and graduate degrees, including doctoral and professional degrees, and an online master's as well. That's all from our friends at Wikipedia. Uh, after aid, if you've got 30K burning a hole in your pocket, you want to go, contact Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, so we got that. Then they got a home and home against St. Cloud coming up after that. So go for gals, sitting good. Volleyball, number 11 ranked Gopher Volleyball. Exciting win Thursday. I, was, I actually watched that game against Ohio State. That was really cool on Big Ten. Um, so Ohio State, they beat them, so that will help the Gophers' rankings. Uh, today they got number 25, Illinois, next Thursday at Iowa. So the gals are lots of, lots of miles they're putting on, but there they are, 15-6 and six right now with a four-game winning streak. Five and three on the road, but that was a road win against Ohio State, so hopefully uh, – couple more here can do good for them. Basketball, uh, they did have that exhibition game the first. The boys did against Concordia St. Paul, and they beat them 80-67. to And next Tuesday, Kansas City. And then the Asheville Championship, it's a little 14 tournament there. Gophers, Western Kentucky, South Carolina, and Princeton. The gals playing basketball. They had their exhibition game against Minnesota Crookston, 78-33. They won that on Halloween afternoon. Then they got Jacksonville at home. They go to Arizona State. Then home against George Washington and American. Um, you look at the box score down there for the Crookston game. That second and third quarter, 41-7 we outscored them. I get it why you play the little schools like this. It's great for that little school to get uh, – Excitement and experience, too. It's a nice <clears throat> practice besides practicing as your own team. But, wow, 78 to 33. It's almost like some of those college football games where they play poor schools, you know, and they crush them 78 to 4. I like it, but I don't. You didn't need to list it on your schedule as an exhibition. Kind of like practice and football where the Vikings will have the Chiefs come into town for training camp. That's not an exhibition game. You're just practicing with them. Maybe list it that way. Let Crookston come down. Let them practice on the big court with you. Uh, but don't waste your time calling an exhibition game just to kind of embarrass people with numbers like that. That's me. The Beavs. Here we go. Beavers first place, three and one. Mavs right there. Beavs next weekend at Lake Superior State for two. 
and then home against Michigan Tech. So hopefully uh, we can get some wins there and help standings-wise. Lady Beef Hockey, uh, today and tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday this year, uh, against number one Wisconsin at Madison, and then against Duluth. Um, Lady Beef's not having a great year. Hopefully they can learn a lot from these games and bounce back next year. It's the coaching me speaking there. Beaver football. Uh, here is Division Two. They have super regions, one through four. The Beavers are seventh in their region, as you see, they're ranked seventh. So, congratulations to them. Colorado School of Mines, not mimes, mines. So, read that closely. Sounds weird when you say it. Nice. And uh, here's here's their football schedule. They got today against Northern State. Okay. You see on the schedule there, it says at RV Northern State. RV means they received votes in the standings. Why oh, they put that in there, I have no idea. Is that what that is? I didn't yep. know that. They rented an RV and came down. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I said RV. I thought, well, maybe it was a typo and no one took it off. They'd want something else, you know. You know how it is with our show, with the interns. You, don't, you can't trust them. But uh, no, so yes. RV means they received votes. So... Them and they got you married to end the season. Then there's how their playoffs go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, ever, let's just say this way for the Beavs. Let's say let's just hope you can play in December. Love to see in the championship. Don't get me wrong. But let's play in December, boys. That'd be exciting. I got some baseball tidbits. Little thing called the World Series ended over the weekend. Um, like I said before, I'm glad Atlanta won, not because of the Houston cheater thing or anything else. Kind of a Freddie Freeman guy. I'm glad he got a ring. I'm glad Freddie got his ring. Um, kind of get him out of that. What I called, I didn't want him to be this generation's Ryan Sandberg. Great career, no ring. I didn't want that for Freddie. He's too nice a guy. He's got his championship ring now. Now let the Mets win it next year and step aside, Freddie. You got your ring. Here's another guy who just got a ring. Ron Washington, former Minnesota twin player. He's played professionally since 80, since 71 through 90. Uh, he coached the Rangers to two World Series, but never won. Uh, so after 50 years of professional baseball, he's finally got a ring. Hmm. I would let's see Ronnie get another shot at managing. Um, the Mets would be awesome, but that's just me. <laughs> Pablo Sandoval got his fourth ring. He got through to San Francisco, but he did start the year with Atlanta, so he will get a ring. So he's got four now. Uh, he was the panda he was dealt, when he was dealt to the jot or dealt at from the Braves this year. That made room for who? Rosario. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Glad you listen and pay attention. The panda has four rings. He's got four rings now. He, he, according to some people, he should be the goat. Then he's got four rings. Um, there's another one, Dansby Swanson. Uh, not very guy, many guys to say this. He's got a college and world and uh, world series championship. He got his college championship back in 2012, was it? Uh, 2014 with Vanderbilt, where he was also named the most outstanding player in that College World Series. So seven years, College World Series championship and a World Series championship for the Georgia native. So good for him. And here's another odd one. You hear brothers like years apart getting married on the same day or this and that. The exact same day, November 2nd, five years apart, two brothers won world championships. So that's pretty exciting. That's kind of interesting. You know, really I, didn't, odd. I didn't know that. 
what's the odds it's the same date? I mean, you both won a world championship five years apart. Great. Both of them were on November 2nd. So that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And Trevor Plouffe, ex-twin, back on March 31st, put that tweet out. Atlanta Braves over Houston Astros in six. Oh, my. That's what he Trevor, said, huh? I didn't that, see that either. March 3rd. Now, Trevor Plouffe, uh, I catch on some podcasts every now and then. He's a great follow on Twitter. Um, Genius. Some of this podcast stuff and some of this, though, I would not listen to in the church parking lot, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Trevor doesn't hold back. Coach he, Trev. He's not real bad, bad, but he doesn't filter. Okay. Buster Polsley is going to announce his retirement. Um, okay, here we go. This is before in a couple weeks when we have our baseball special. That's why I had to pick this scab a little bit right here. Uh, Posey made his decision. Uh, he's going to resign and retire. Bad 304 this year. Now, he had a bad couple years and took last year off because of COVID and came back and had a pretty decent season. Um, and he's turned away $22 million to retire right now, too. 12-year career, um, okay, tw- 2010 Rookie of the Year, 2012 MVP, Silver Slugger Awards, a Gold Glove, three-time World Series champion. Finishes career as a bet 302, 158 home runs in 12 years, 729 RBIs. I'm sorry, Buster, I love you as a player in this and that, but people are considering him for the Hall of Fame. No. No. I just don't know. I'm just going to end it right there. I, I do have a, uh, a comment, Andy. I do yeah. think being 34 years old, what helped him make a decision to retire is that he might be playing over 35 senior men's baseball next. Did he sign a contract with you? Are you breaking news here? No, no. Just saying okay. he's probably Listen. getting heavily recruited. Right. Teams to join, possibly be a catcher in the federal league or something. Well, and that, I mean, Buster is a great athlete. Why he didn't go to first base or third or the outfield. I mean, I know that they got him there, but. I don't uh, know. He was good. Hall of Fame. I'm no. sketchy on that. Yeah. Here's some dates to remember for baseball stuff coming up. The seventh, they announced the Gold Glove winners on ESPN. Um, the rest of these are all on MLB Network, and I'm sure MLB will have it like seconds after ESPN does it for their bragging rights. Uh, but a lot of the baseball awards are being handed out. Reliever of the year on the 10th. So we're slugger on the 11th. So every day it seems like another award is coming out except that weekend. So very exciting time. You can still catch it all. Weeknights on MLB Network and follow us on social media. You know we're going to be sharing them there. Uh, MVP awards announced November 18th. Uh, the Comeback Player of the Year, the 22nd. All MLB team, blah, 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 a lot of sponsorship stuff. First day of spring training, February 26th. Counting down. Opening day, March 30th. So – Baseball could go from March 31st to November again. God is good. Um, the Field of Dreams game, which I'm not a big fan of, Cubs and Reds, whatever. The Little League Classic, I like that one. Red Sox and Orioles. I, I always like the Little League Classic one because you're getting the game to the kids. That's what it's about. The Field of Dreams game, you're getting the game to your checkbook for the networks. So the Field of Dreams game, I guess, was cool last year or whatever, but. A, you weren't on the real field. B, you weren't on the real field. So there. Yes, NCAA and CBS Sports, the first bracketology came out for college basketball. 
Now, we're not going to update this weekly, so just relax. I'm just going to kind of save this one and see what happens later. Here's the top two seeds picked bracketology-wise by our friends at CBS Sports. Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, and Villanova are your top seeds. Then S-curve on the way back, Michigan, Purdue, Texas, and Duke. So there we go. Two Big Ten teams in the top eight. Yeah, we're good. The Kraken, we are your Carver County leader for Kraken sports here. They're scheduled uh, this week. Uh, split, uh, lost one to Edmonton, then they beat Buffalo the other day. Uh, Arizona this weekend. Arizona's got one point this year on a tie, so God, I hope the Kraken win that game. And next Saturday, the Wild will be at the Crack House. Jordan notched the first ever franchise hat trick for the Kraken. We're going to take this opportunity to educate people. What is that? Why is it called the hat trick in hockey? So here we go. In 1858, bowler H.H. Stephenson playing for the All-England squad against a team from South Yorkshire. They were playing cricket. Cricket. Not hockey, but cricket. Um, He hit the wickets, three consecutive wickets, which is the stick um, behind there, three consecutive times. A collection was taken up and used to buy a hat that was presented to him in recognition of this accomplishment. Hmm. The hat trick, as hockey fans know it, comes when a player scores three goals in a game. A natural hat trick is when a player scores three consecutive goals in a game. Um, I can't hear you, Andy. Term originated when a Toronto businessman named Sammy Taft promoted his business by offering a hat to any player who scored three goals during an NHL game in Toronto. Hmm. Alex Calta, a speedy forward for the Chicago Blackhawks, who back then Blackhawks was two words, went to Taft's shop on January 26, 1946. He took a liking to a Fedora, the story goes, but he didn't have enough money to buy it. Taft ordered him the hat for free if he scored three goals that night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Colton only did that in the same game. He scored four goals in a 6-5 to five loss to Maple Leaf Gardens. One day, and a lot of media attention to it, the hat trick, and the hat was his. Wow. So he's, that, that's what I love, little simple stories. Again, you, this is a better story than Babe Ruth calling a shot. I'm sorry. You go score three goals, I'll give you that hat you like. Guy goes on and scores four. Gotta like that. Love it. Minnesota Wild, your local hockey team here. Uh, beat Ottawa in overtime on Tuesday. Then they are at Pittsburgh, come home for the Islanders. Then they have what we call a West Coast swing. At Arizona, at Vegas, at the Crack House. Nine o'clock Central Time, so... um if you got nothing else going on, you want to stay up late watching the games, God bless you, but I'll read about it the next morning. Here's the standings in the Pacific Division for hockey right now. You got Seattle down there in seventh. Not doing so well, but they're young. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. So top three make the playoffs plus two wild card in the West. So the top three here would be Edmonton, Calgary, and Anaheim would be in. In the Central, the Wild would be making it right now. They have the tiebreaker over Nashville. 
So and there's Arizona with one point this year, one overtime. So 0-10, that one point. So both the Kraken and the Wild play them. Hopefully they could keep that zero in the win column against Arizona. Some music news. Not much to report. They just some. In the last couple weeks, Blackville Brides had a new album come out, The Phantom Tomorrow. It's their sixth LP from the Cincinnati Glam Metal 5-piece, Blackville Brides. And also Jerry Cottrell, um, Allison Chains leader, had his third solo album come out since 98. Uh, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses plays bass on it and closes out with a cover of Elton John's Goodbye. Same song that closed Elton's Madman Across the Water. Wow, I may have to review that one, Andy. You have to get on that. I'll get on yeah. that. Yeah, good way to start season three. Yes. Um, and just a little side note here. I've been pushing this on the Facebook. Evening with Bruce Dickinson. Uh, an evening with Bruce Dickinson at the at the theater there in Minneapolis. Tickets 65, 50, and 37, 50. Now, if you've seen the video, you've actually clink, clicked on the video that we've put on the Facebook. I appreciate it. Bruce is not singing songs. It's not a solo night of Bruce Dickinson singing main songs. It's a spoken word. He's telling stories and not really Iron Man stories. He's just doing a spoken word thing. Interesting. Um, kind of interesting. Um, for me, not $65 interesting. Not even really $37.50 interesting. Love you, Bruce. I'll watch it on YouTube. November 5th, 1971, after Ellis Presley sat at the Met Center in Bloomington, Minnesota. The announcer, Al DeVorian, tells the crowd, Elvis has left the building. The phrase soon enters the cultural lexicon, uses a signal that the event is truly over. That, my friends, is my last That's bit. That's awesome. <clears throat> Elvis has left the building in Minneapolis. 1971. That means he's one of us now. Yes. That's what I got. Um, started with Aaron Rodgers, ended with Elvis. How's that for a, a bookend? That's very, very good. Here at Sports and Songs, it's, I'm not surprised. It's good coverage. We're educational, you know. Everything. All people do is learn when they listen to this. I should flip my tassel to the other side because I just took one of those exactly. doctor rules. Now, now, speaking of learning, the trivia question for today. Yes. Has, okay, has something about that now. Okay, the game Thursday, what, 30 to 45 was Thursday's score? Yes. Okay. And also, also, with overtime, where you only get six points now, you don't have to go for that extra field goal at the end stuff. I wonder if that's had a, are, are any of these overtime games where we've had goofy scores? It 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 could be. I didn't research that for the, uh, for the topic today. Okay. So the what end, is I the answer? Get, I didn't hear the answer back from the intern yet on that. But okay. the trivia question, we always like to learn things here at Sports and Songs. Um, I didn't know this. I'm sure some of the listeners out there did, but – if you look at scorigami in the NFL, scorigami, just like origami, it's uh, scorigami is when a game finishes and the final score is something, a, a score that has never happened in the NFL before. So Thursday night's game fi- finished 45 to 30, final score. Now, I would have thought that that score had yeah, happened. Yeah, that doesn't seem that very common, I thought, but it never had. So there's this team out there of a statistical nerds I'll call it that track this stuff well early in the season there was a 31 to 5 final score now that makes sense yeah 31 to 5 uh interesting but uh earlier in the season there was another one so the answer is three there was three times this season 
a scoregami took place, which is a final score in the NFL football regular season game that has never happened in the history of the NFL. So overall, there has been 1,069 score combinations in the history of the NFL. And so what this group does is they look for these odd scores and they track them. When, it, when, the, when the game's in the third or fourth quarter, they'll start tweeting that we may have a scoregami coming up and they, okay. they get all excited about this. So there's a Twitter account to follow called NFL Scoregami. But anyway, that's we'll that I was not aware of this, Andy, nor did I really care, I guess. Right. I, I like the 31 to 5 score. That's interesting. But uh, 45 to 30, I just had assumed that had taken place. Yeah. I did bet money that it happened. Yeah. So that's the uh, trivia question. The answer is three. Now, last year, there was 12. So this, this is not as rare as people think. Wow. Of course, as we go on, it's going to get, it's going to thin out and it's going to become very rare. So it's maybe something to follow in the future, but there's a handful every year of scores that end in a never before combination that the NFL has ever seen. So I thought I'd bring that up for the trivia question. Some may like it. Some may roll their eyes. Some may already know the answer, know that, but. I see if it was baseball stat nerds like us would be all over that. So I'm sure there's some football stat nerds who, who follow that. There and I say nerds with pride. I say nerds guys will follow. These guys will follow anything random like this. Uh, That's right. Yes. And, the, and you know what the sad thing is? Those guys at Scorigami are probably making more than you and I combined. They're big statistical. Uh, That's the sad part. Nerds, but it's awesome. People, people like that stuff. Yep, yep. Nerds in a good way, I'll say. Yes. Like I said, I say it with pride. When I say baseball nerd, I say that with pride. Not ashamed of it. But – I know we mentioned the Jerry Control album that's going to be on your your list here of things to do, but what about this week's album, sir? This week's album review is So Far, So Good, So What by Megadeth. Megadeth. This album was a third studio album by American heavy metal band Megadeth, released January 1988 on Capitol Records. So Far, So Good, So What features music performed at fast tempos with technical ability. Lyrically, frontman Dave Mustaine addresses a variety of topics in the lyrics, including nuclear holocaust, holocaust, and freedom of speech. This album, 34 minutes and 26 seconds long, is considered rash metal for the genre and uh, was certified platinum. So this came out in 88. Now, Dave Mustaine, of course, was with originally Metallica, uh, they went uh, split ways and uh, fired him. He started his own band called uh, Megadeth. Now, there was two new members of the band for this album. They got rid of Chris Poland, the guitarist, and drummer Gar Samuelson following the previous album. Uh, so they got some, they got some new, uh, new, new, intel, uh, new guys here. But the interesting thing is here, the, to, make the, to help make the decision to fire these two, one of them was Chris Poland was fired because he had a bad habit of pawning, pawning band equipment to help pay for drugs. So they said, you know what, that's, that's not too cool. They let him go. Uh, but I've got some other good stories here with Megadeth. They always have good stories. Now, they got rid of the, the previous drummer, replaced him with the drum tech. The drum technician was Chuck Baylor. Um, and he became, he stepped up on the depth, depth chart to the number one uh, drummer, and he took over there. The guitarist was replaced 
by Jeff Young, who was a guitar uh, teacher. So he became the new guitarist. Now, when they got time to get the recording done and they went to mix it, they hired Paul Lanny. Paul Lanny did the mixing on this. And Dave Mustaine used him on the previous album to do the mixing. But uh, it didn't end well for this album. Mustaine was initially skeptical of using him, but later became very irate and fired Lanny during the mixing process. Lanny suggested they head up north to Bearsville uh, Studios in Woodstock, New York to get the mixing done. Uh, ostensibly to, to get away, go to the woods, and just get this all packed out. And um, they said, we're going to relocate to do this. Well, Mustaine decided that he had his limits with him and fired him the next day after he woke up one morning, was making coffee at this cabin, and uh, noticed Lanny outside in his underwear feeding an apple to a deer. He says, you know what? We've, we're done. <laughs> we're done. He flew back the next day and, uh, and said, we got to get a new guy to produce here. Uh, and so they, they've, they've always had these types of random issues with, with this band. Now, the other thing that I liked about this album, it's the first time they use someone other than Dave Mustaine to write the lyrics and the music. They brought in bassist uh, David Ellison, Dave Ellison. To local boy. And he's a local guy from Jackson, Minnesota. So I wanted to bring that up. And he was, he was credited with the lyrics on half the uh, songs on this album. So they really got Ellison involved, who is a, uh, a bright guy, you know, very, very bright guy. Now, here's the songs, the track listings. Into the Lungs of Hell. It starts off with that instrumental. Uh, very good. And song two is Set the World Afire. Now, Mustaine wrote this, Set the World Afire, when he was fired by Metallica. This is the very first song he wrote. Uh, when he was on a bus heading back to California after getting fired, he put this lyrics together. It took, you know, the third album for it to finally appear on an album, but he wrote this. Uh, it deals with the nuclear holocaust. A little bit there on the cover of the album. Song three is Anarchy in the UK. Uh, they did this cover song, Sex Pistols, and actually got... Uh, Steve Jones from, from the Sex Pistols plays the, the second solo in this album, on this song, sorry. Steve Jones from the se actual Sex Pistols appears. Nice. Now, song four is Mary Jane. Mustaine wrote this with Dave Ellison. And it's not Mary Jane. It's not a song about marijuana, but it's a song about a true story, allegedly, about a woman named Mary Jane in Jackson, Minnesota, that was allegedly a witch back in the 1800s. She was beheaded along with two other witches back in the day and buried at a cemetery at Loon Lake, Minnesota. Loon Lake Cemetery out in Jackson is this true story allegedly where these uh, three witches were buried. Uh, and before they were killed, this Mary Jane says, anyone who disturbs this tomb gravestone, headstone marker, my site uh, will be, there's going to be a spell on them that they'll die within three days. So it got, it very, it, it created a lot of this ghost lore of people having bad events yeah. at this cemetery. It almost became haunted. And Ellison knew this so well from living in Jackson. They incorporated it into the song and it's called Mary Jane. Listen to the lyrics. It's, it's very interesting. 
Next song is 502. 502 is about breaking laws and driving fast cars. The title of the song is a reference to police code in California for drunk driving. Eustane himself would be arrested in March of 1989 when he crashed into a police car. They tested Whoops. him. And he was, of course, drunk. Bad move by Mustaine. Once again, these stories that come out of Megadeth are almost better than, uh, than any other band. Song six is In My Darkest Hour. Now, Mustaine wrote this. It's the first song in the three albums that they put together that he actually tackles emotional lyrics. It deals with uh, loneliness and isolation. Usually the Megadeth songs are right kind of in-your-face songs, but he, he tackles some, um, some, uh, some emotional lyrics. Now, the other reason for In My Darkest Hour, it was written shortly after the death of Metallica bassist Cliff Burton. Now, Mustaine was fired from the band, didn't even hear about it, and he heard about the death of Burton in word of mouth. He never heard about it from the band directly. He had to find out about the tragic event that occurred in Europe. And he recalls being extremely unhappy that day when Cliff Burton died, when he found out about it, and then wrote that song in one single setting. He wrote the lyrics to In My Darkest Hour about Cliff Burton and what he was dealing with. Now the song Liar, the very next song. And the final song is Hook and Mouth. Hook and Mouth deals with censorship, the topic of censorship, kind of dealing with the PMRC back in the 80s with Tipper Gore and, and whatnot, deals with that. But Liar, the song Liar is about Chris Poland, the guy they had to fire the guitarist after they found out he was hawking equipment for the band to pay for his drugs. He claimed, Mustaine claimed that Poland was stealing guitars and selling them for heroin money. <laughs> now, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, hired him going to pawn shops with the band's equipment. Now, the tour of this is also a personal uh, a note here. Uh, Megadeth started performing the songs live after the album was released. They started touring with bands such as Creator and Overkill at a number of European venues, kind of small acts, didn't draw that much. But once they got in touring as a headliner with Testament and Sanctuary, but later in 1988, the group made an appearance at the Monsters of Rock Festival. And then later, they toured with Dio. They toured with Dio on a North American tour to really, really get some good exposure. I attended that that uh, concert myself. Megadeth opened for Dio, uh, and that was 1989. I remember that uh, uh, very well. As a as a good good show as well. But the the band, the personnel band, is made up of Dave Mustaine lead vocals, Dave Ellison bass, Jeff guitar, uh, Jeff Young on the guitar. He was the guitar uh, coach or teacher at one point was signed on to be the lead guitarist, Jeff Young. And then Chuck Baylor on drums was the drum tech for the first uh, couple of albums for the, for the drummer. Steve Jones does appear from the Sex Pistols as the guitar solo on Anarchy in the UK. Anarchy in the UK. Uh, it got good reviews. The album went platinum. <clears throat> it's good to li listen to. I'm going to go back now after learning about some of these songs. In particular, Mary Jane. I didn't know right. the... Uh, the paranormal <clears throat> events there at a cemetery, uh, the Lake 
the Loon Lake Cemetery in Jackson, Minnesota, that's haunted. A lot of people go there for the paranormal, and it's because these three witches are buried there. One of them in particular, Mary Jane, made that, made that spell to say, don't mess with this. And now to this day, a lot of those headstones are gone, tipped over, not taken care of. There's not a lot of the headstones that even remain because of vandalism over the years at that place. But people messed with them. That's why. They really messed with them. And, and, and things, things happen, but who knows if they're paranormal or not. But I wanted to bring it up here in this episode. Uh, very interesting nonetheless. Minnesota Connection, once again, just like the Elvis <clears throat> music ties back to Minnesota. You, know, you talk about the, the stories with many of those songs. You kind of go back. I've been doing a lot of research on Iron Maiden lately because of the Bruce Dickinson thing. If you really listen to a lot of their songs, good historical stories in there. They're not just words. The Run for the Hill. <clears throat> that. Great. Yeah, the lyrics, you, you got to go through and read the lyrics to a lot of the Iron Maiden stuff and uh, and do your homework. There's a lot of meaning to those, a lot of historical yep. references. Yeah, it's, it's, it's educational music. Very it's educational. Just, now, I want to review the Jerry Cantrell album sometime in season three. It's it's I'm interested. I'm a big Alice, uh, Alice in Chains, Jerry Cantrell. I've seen him a couple of times in concert uh, in person. Uh, good stuff. I'm interested to see what that uh, entails. I haven't I didn't know about that album being done, actually. So thank you for that. That's why I'm here. I got education, you. folks. Yes. Yes. That's what we do. I did, I, I did like the Paul Lanny uh, mixing out in Bearsville. Uh, they found him outside in his underwear feeding an apple to a to a deer, and Mustaine says, "Okay, you know what? I'm done. This is serious. I'm up making coffee, trying to get up to focus for the day, and you're outside feeding a deer in your underwear. You're you're out there being sweeping beauty, feeding it's Bambi an apple. Totally not surprised. But their their previous album was very good. Peace sells. Who's buying? I've already reviewed yep. that, and then their next album could be a potential." A review too. They did Rust in Peace in nineteen. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one too. That'll that'll make its way into the reviews in season three. I'm assuming as well. Yes. That's, that's all right. I've got for this week. Um. You said well, a couple weeks we have a special coming up. Um, next week will be a regular show, season three kickoff. But two weeks from now we have our little mini baseball roundtable. Tom Baltus will be joining us again. That one. We'll do two episodes. We'll have that. Then we'll have our regular episode episode. So double dip that week there. We'll double dip. Uh, it's, it's, it's scheduled for November 20th, Saturday yep. the 20th, a little uh, roundtable baseball discussion. Now, I'm going to be uh, – I did my last midweek episode on baseball. It's kind of my topic all season long on midweek episodes on baseball. I rolled off, finished that, and um, finished for the season, kind of did a wrap-up. As Now I'm going to get into college women's basketball focus on the local players, basically covering UConn, Lehigh University, and Iowa Hawkeyes with the local talent, uh, women's basketball, on some very good teams. That's all going to kick off. A lot of these games kick off next week. Lehigh starts on Tuesday. Yep. Yes. That's all we got. Um, Two years down, more to go. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Hey guys, Andy here with Sports and Songs, uh, kind of a high school wrap up here. Uh, those of you who saw the show already on YouTube for this week, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And like I said on there, we are going over high school sports now. A lot of the games we playing were played during the day. So we're going to do some finals and some updates on the playoffs here. Start with boys soccer. These are state finals. 
Southwest Christian up. Uh, they uh, beat St. Paul Humboldt. And 2A was Orono over Holy Angels. And 3A was Moundsview over Rosemont. Girls was Minnehaha Academy over Breck. Uh, Magnei over Benoit St. Margaret in 2A. And Stillwater over Centennial in 3A. Uh, volleyball files are all in. Um, there are section winners. They seed everybody in volleyball like they do for, for hockey and basketball. Top five seeds and the rest are a random draw. The games are done. The seeds are not out yet. Once they're out this week, we will get those put in um, and have those listed. And same with football. The rankings are all out. We'll have uh, on our blog page, we'll list all the brackets there and links for that this week once they're all set and seeded. There will be no um, predictions, just maybe the final round will be predictions. Like we said before, for state tournaments, they're considering this a state tournament this week because it's the way it's all broken down now. So we'll see how that goes because they format all the way through. With uh, the football, like I said, 6A is a big 32-team tournament. They're already down um, to the eight teams. The rest of the brackets are now where the other conferences like 5A and 4A have eight teams left also. So they're all kind of at the same point. Those will all be on the blog page. The brackets will be later this week once, uh, like I said, volleyball is seated. We'll have that all set in there. Please don't be afraid to let us know in the comments below who your team is, who you want us to follow or kind of spotlight. We can do that for you too. But again, soccer finals were mentioned. Congratulations to those teams. And then the volleyball and the football, once the rankings are in, for volleyball, we'll have all that stuff posted. Probably do a thing uh, on Instagram or something later this week for those. Appreciate everybody. And now, like I said, now back to your regularly scheduled programming.